we are in a series called Pulling Down Strongholds, Pulling Down Strongholds. And, and last Sunday, um, Pastor Robert talked about pulling down strongholds through fasting, through fasting. And today, I want to talk to you about pulling down strongholds through prayer. Pulling down strongholds through prayer. So let's go to our scripture, our launching scripture, and I'm going to be reading several scriptures to you, and I'm going to read from the message translation. And it says, the world is unprincipled. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. How many of you have experienced some dog eat dog? The world doesn't fight fair. How many of you know that the world does not fight fair? But we don't have to fight our battles that way. We don't have to fight our battles dog eat dog. We don't have to fight our battles in an unfair way. But it says um, we don't have to fight our battles, live, live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. It says, but the tools, the tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. But they are for, de for demolishing that entirely massive corrupt culture. I want you to highlight massively corrupt, corrupt culture. Let's look at it in another translation. I love comparing translations. In the New Living Translation, it says... We are human. We are human. We're human. We experience human things. We experience real things. We live and we breathe. God created us as human beings. But we don't wage war as humans do. But we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the what? The strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So when we when we talked about that massively and, I, and when I looked at it, I said the massively corrupt culture. There is a culture out here that is corrupt. There is a culture out here that wants to invade us. There's a culture out here that wants to destroy our thinking and to destroy our lives. So let's look at what the definition of stronghold means. It says strongholds are wrong thoughts and perceptions contradicting the true knowledge of God and the very nature of God. So that's when I said that massively corrupt culture, that corrupt culture is in contradiction to the very knowledge of God. To the very true nature of God. It does not submit to the nature of God. Because it's corrupt. It's not going to submit. So um, let's go to the next one. It says strongholds are generational mindsets of a human wounding. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you've gone through some things. That has created a wound within you that you have not been able to overcome. Every time that you, every time that somebody says something to you, it hurts. Or maybe you have been walked out or, or abandoned. 
Maybe, maybe somebody, you lost a job and you got fired from a job. That creates a human wounding. And it says, and not only that, uh, uh, when, we, when we think of a human wounding, I think about when I was, um, when I, when I was younger, one word that my, uh, uh, my mother had a conversation with me and we were talking and I was like, I'm the youngest, I'm three years apart from my sister. And my mother made the statement that we didn't mean to have you. You were a mistake. She was not saying that I personally was a mistake, but how many of you know you do something and and it's a slip up? So I was a slip up. But when she said I was a mistake for years, I believed that I was a mistake. For years, I lived uh, with my mother and felt that she did not love me because I was a mistake. So that was a wounding, that was, uh, that was a mindset that had begun to develop. And because that mindset had begun to develop, I began to think that I'm nothing, I'm nobody. My family doesn't love me. Oh, look at there, my mother is treating my sister better than me, uh, uh, treating my brothers better than me. I grew up with that mindset because of that one thing that my mother told me. I was a mistake. Anybody ever said anything to you that got down to your core? And that wounded you, that hurt you. And it said you listen to it long enough. And so what the enemy does is he plays it back over and over and over and over again. To the point that we believe it strongly enough. We believe it strongly enough that we began to own it. We began to own it as that is who I am. I'll never get better. I'll never be anybody. Am I talking to anybody on today? I'll never get out of this situation. I'll never get out of debt. I'll never be set free. This is just, and we excuse it by the mere fact, we say this is just who I am. This is who I am. I ain't going to change. Yes, you can. It's a mindset. You remember, remember I said the massively corrupt culture? If you hang around something long enough, it becomes a part of you. It be, you start acting like that person. I was talking to someone yesterday, and I was, uh, can we turn the spotlight off, please? We were talking about how um, I had hung around this family long enough, and I was no relation to them. But because of the mere fact that I had hung around them long enough, and people saw me around them long enough, that they thought I was apart in relation to them. And they would say, oh, so this is your daughter. No, I'm not their daughter. And they would say, oh, no. And the biological daughter would say, no, I'm the daughter. But if you hang around something long enough, it becomes a part of you, and people begin to associate you with what you hang around, what you take in. So it says you own it deeply enough that it has become a part of your identity. Some of us in here are suffering from identity crisis. Identity crisis. Strongholds, strongholds. Strongholds, it it gets to the point that it becomes so much a part of us that it dictates our thoughts and our beliefs. And if you let those strongholds stay there, everything that we do is based upon the stronghold, our actions, our reactions. Well, you made me angry, and I, I, I kept that anger 
over and over. I kept the angry and I internalized it. I began to, to live out and walk out the anger to where it became, started becoming rage. So every now and then I go off on a tangent. And so when I got a temper problem, that's a massively corrupt culture in here. In here. I have a brother who is an alcoholic. Don't know what the triggered alcoholic, him being an alcoholic. But he is an alcoholic. And he knows that he is. But somewhere along the line, there was a trigger that caused him to run to the alcohol and the drugs. And so now it's become so much of a part of him. It could be human. It could be past hurts from past relationships. It could be a, a, a failing at something and never getting over that failure. And so now he gets up in the morning and the first thing he does is he grabs the alcohol. Because that's all he knows now. It has become a part of him. And he can no longer, he cannot function if he's not consumed with alcohol. And that's how it is with us. We become so consumed with that stronghold that we don't even know how to function outside of that. We don't even know how to think outside of that because it now has become a way of life for us. Stronghold. I needed to understand, I needed to define the definition of stronghold. And, and when you when 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 you have a thing that it has a hold on you so strong that you cannot let it go. Anybody got any habits in here that is so that has a hold on you so strong? Thank you, Paul, for your honesty. That you can't let it go. It could be a lion spirit. Oops. Whoops. Did I say that? It could be lying. It could be a cussing spirit. That has a hold on you. Thank you. That has a hold on you so strong that every now and then it slips up when you get in the right place. Because it has become a part of you. It could be a complaining spirit. Complain about everything. Nothing's ever right for you. What is the culture? What is that that has a stronghold on you? We don't have any children in the, in the room, do we? And I, I, when God get, it could be a sexual addiction. Has a hold on you. We don't like to talk about that in the church. Do we? It could be, and I, and, and I know a couple of people that are dealing with that. And they cannot function. They will go all the way from one side of the United States all the way over to another just to meet a man to come back. What? Girl? Come on. I mean, y'all, can I keep it real with y'all? Y'all acting just like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, you're going to go all the way from one side of the United States all the way over to the other, have a rendezvous with a man just to go back over to the other side. Girl, find you somebody on that side. I mean, I'm just, but it has a stronghold. I got to have it. I got to do it. I got to feel this. If I don't feel this, I'm not natural. If I don't feel this, I'm not feeling like I am. I don't, I'm not feeling right. Because.
because it has now become a part of us. And if you continue to let that mindset stay there, it will ruin your very life. It will, it, it, it will ruin the very things that God has for you. It will detract you and take you away from the destiny that God has called you to. And everybody in here, God has called you to a destiny. God has created you with purpose. God has created you with power. And there are people that are attached to you that are waiting for you to get rid of these strongholds. There's people that are watching you right now that you have an influence over. And because you have that influence over, you could either influence them in the right direction or the wrong direction. If you don't get rid of these strongholds. One thing, and I, I, strongholds are resistant to the word of God. They're resistant to the word of God. Y'all, you see that little image behind, behind the scripture or behind that. It's resistance. So this thing that you're dealing with, even though you come to open altar worship center every Sunday at 10 o'clock and you're here at Bible study at 7 o'clock, you're hearing the word, but that stronghold is resistant to the word that you hear. To the word you see, y'all can barely see it. You see over there how it has like a little window there. So that's the little area to where you will allow some things to come in. And you can deal with this. But this stronghold over here is like that brick wall. Every time the word comes, it's just hitting that brick wall. It's not doing anything. It's not changing anything. It's not softening anything. Because you have determined that I'm going to hold on to this. And it's saying, I don't care what you hear. I don't care what comes in what you read how whatever you do I'm not changing that's a stronghold when I thought about it it says that it becomes fortified and resistance to the truth don't want to hear the truth about ourselves and it's hard to hear somebody tell us the truth am I right it's hard for when Pastor Robert comes to me sometimes and sometimes we have some heated fellowships, some intense fellowships. All right, y'all didn't get that one. We have some intense fellowships. So during those intense fellowships, if, if we're kind of just like, you know, saying things that we should say, okay, boom, we don't receive that. And then I, sometimes we're like, okay, what are we doing? And then there are times that he can come to me and he says, you know what? Blah, 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 blah. He can tell me. And and we say we get in our feelings. We get in our feelings because why? Somebody is telling us the truth. And you're saying, well, okay, that's their perception of me. But you know that sometimes people come come to you and tell you, you you know they're telling the truth about you. Just like, um, who was it? Uh, Somebody told me this morning, y'all don't even know all that we had to get through today to get here. Just to get here. And so, so somebody said, uh, um, no, I think it was Pastor Robert. Did you tell me fix my face? <laughs> Sister Chris, I told you. Somebody told me to fix my face. 
And the fact of the matter is when I become uh, uh, stressed or frustrated or whatever, the first place you can tell it is on my face. So, Sister Christy, she's all so nice. What did you say, Brother Richard? <laughs> she's over here fixing me up, making me look pretty. She says, you look stressed. I said, I am. I ain't lie. I was. I was see, y'all don't. Can I keep it real with y'all? Then she said, uh, she fixing me up. She said, but you need to fix your face. You fixing me up here, but you're going to tell me to fix my face. I could have gotten mad. But guess what I did? I fixed my face. Because it was the truth. <laughs> Woo! I'm serious. It was the truth. I needed to fix my face because if I did not fix my face, it would have impacted Everybody. It would have impacted other people. It was not a welcoming type of face. And if I would have let it sit there long enough, if I would have made an excuse and said, you know what? I got a right to be like this. I have a right to feel this way. I got a right to act this way. I could. The, the enemy would take a hold of that and begin to create a culture around that and say, I'm all right. No, you ain't all right. Because everything that I do and everything that you do affects somebody. Affects somebody. Strongholds can include shamefulness. You messed up and you can't get over it. I've been there before. To where I was shamed. Made a mistake so bad. Embarrassed. And, 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 thought that, and, and, and the thing is, I thought that everybody knew the mistake I had made, but didn't nobody know but me. But I'm walking around shamed and the enemy was like, you messed up. They know you messed up. But one thing about it is I messed up, but I was able to go to the father and ask the father to forgive me. And he forgave me. Amen. And see, this is the other thing. Y'all, that's a good hand clap of praise, y'all. How many of you been forgiven by God? The thing is, is that you cannot live your life based upon what other people think of you. You cannot live your life based upon what other people think that you should be doing. You cannot live your life based upon the fact that other people feel like that you should be in a certain area or you should be uh, 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 further along. You live your life the way that God says to live your life, not based upon anybody else's. Believe in yourself. Love yourself. Pamper yourself. Look at yourself and say, I am somebody. Rejection, worthless. A lot of times, and, 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 and we've all been there, we get in debt and we feel like that we're never going to get out of debt. Never going never gonna to have enough. We're just barely making it by. And so it becomes a mindset to where you, you stay there long enough to where, guess what? If you say that you never going to get out of debt, guess what? You ain't going to never get out of debt. If you always saying, oh, I, 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 got, uh, um, I, 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 I got anxiety or I got uh, uh, depression, guess what? You keep on saying it, you're going to continue to have anxiety and depression. Because now it becomes a part of your thinking and you have now aligned what you say up with your thinking. 
and you're speaking it out of your mouth and your mouth has, your words have power, creative power. And so what you say out of your mouth is going to create what you say. Say it long enough. Let's look at Job and I'll tell you why. Listen to what Job said. Job said, when the party is over, when I've left church, when I've left the saints of God and we had an awesome time in the Lord, when I left them around my friends, who I was able to kick it with and have a good time with, who I was able to be encouraged and I felt like somebody. Job says, Job would get up early in the morning and sacrifice a burnt offering for each of his children. Thinking. Hallelujah. Thinking that maybe one of my children, maybe one of them sinned by defying God. Now, he don't know whether they sinned or not. But Job was thinking and actually offering. Okay, so he thought it first. No, he, 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 he sacrificed a burnt offering. And then he turned around and he thought it long enough that he began to say what he was thinking. Don't even know what his children were doing. But he said maybe one of them sinned by defying God. He don't know whether they defied God or not. But what did it say? That Job made a what? He, what, he, he did what? He made a habit. He made a habit of getting up, offering, making a burnt sacrifice, thinking and saying praying, making a sacrificial atonement, saying that maybe one of them have sinned by defying God, and he did this just in case they sinned. Some of us got some just-in-case moments in here. Where we're making a habit. We don't even know that anything is going to happen. We don't even know what's going to happen to our life from one day to the next. But we're getting up making negative confessions and offering burnt sacrifices to the Lord and saying, well, Lord, you know, uh, 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 I'm never going to get nowhere. Lord, you know, we, instead of praying and saying, God, I am somebody. God, I am the righteousness of God. We're speaking negativity over ourselves and we're going before God and we're continuously offering sacrifices for sin and offering sacrifices and saying God Lord you know forgive me of my sins forgive and you should ask God to forgive you of your sins but don't keep repeating and going back over and over and over to God and saying God I messed up get it right get it right y'all following me we're making habits so these strongholds have become a habit to us that we're actually sacrificing our own very destiny for this stronghold. We're actually saying, God, okay, I know what your word says about me, but this thing has a stronghold on me. Just in case 
they sin. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to Job 1 and 6. And because Job made these confessions long enough, because Job continually to continue to say these things out of his mouth, and, and he walked in fear of what could happen. How many of you walk around with the fear of what could happen? What if? What if I don't get paid this week? Y'all looking at me like, I know what would happen. What if? What if God don't do this? What if? Instead of trusting God. But we walk in the fear. And you remember I was saying the culture, the culture that we live in says that you, you, you have to work hard. The culture says that you have to do for yourself. The culture that we live in now says that if you don't do for you, ain't nobody going to do for you. The culture says that, guess what? I, I, I got to help myself to get ahead. That's the culture. The culture says if you do me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. Amen. Am I right? The culture says if you talk nasty to me, ain't nothing about turning no other cheek. I'm going to get you. I'm going to cuss you out. Oh, y'all don't. The culture that we live in. So, let's look at Job in 6. Job 3.25, I'm sorry. Job 3.25, and because Job continued to make these confessions out of his mouth and he was fearful if his sons did something, what does it say? The worst of my fears have come true. So if you hold on to these strongholds long enough and continue to speak these things out of your mouth, the worst is going to come true in your life. If you say, I'm never going to get over this, you ain't going to never get over it. I'm never going to let this go. I'm never going to forgive. I'm never going to move on. And while everybody else is moving on and God says, I have a greater destiny over here for you. I have a call over your life. You're stuck here behind these strongholds, this impenetrable wall, this wall that is resistant to the truth and saying, I am going, I shall not be moved. God, I don't care what you have over here for me. I'm standing here saying, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. strongholds and there are times that we pull strongholds down there are times that we do yeah we come in here and we're like lord you know i, I gotta get rid of my strongholds I, I lord you know deliver me and we get rid of them but we allow them to get erected again we allow them to get erected again. Why? Because we have not made a change of mind. We have not made a change in our direction. We have not made a change in our attitude. We have not made a change in how we do things. We tear them down, but if we go right back to the same old thing, those strongholds get erected all over again. If we tear them down and let this person go, this person is a stronghold in your life and we let them go. And then all of a sudden they call us and they say, baby, you know, you know, you know, I didn't mean that. Baby, you know, you know, you know. And that person comes back and those strongholds are erected again. 
or we tear them down, Lord. And I had an opportunity for this on yesterday, y'all. I'm going to tell you. Y'all like, Pastor Wendy got a problem. No. I, you know, you ever felt like somebody said something wrong to you? So I felt like this person had said something wrong. And they should have known better. And so I was sitting there and I was driving and the enemy was like, yeah, you just tell them this and you just. I mean, I had a full-blown conversation. <laughs> Driving down 264, man, I was talking. They were answering. I was, I was responding to what they were saying. They weren't even in the car with me. But it was all me. Having my own little conversation. And it was, I, it won't. And after the powerful day that we had here on yesterday, it was just like the enemy to try to swoop in and take away what God had done in my life. And so I was driving along and I was like, and I was able to tell, you know, it wouldn't be like the enemy because uh, one of the young ladies that was here on yesterday, she left here and she had an accident just as soon as she left. She had an accident right down here on um, Witch Duck Road and I was able to, me and Pamela went to go check on her and, and I was like, you know, Pamela, ain't that just like the enemy had a powerful day and he wants to come and try to snatch away what God had did in that lady's life. But guess what? Neither, little did I know, not not only was the enemy watching her, but he was watching me. Because when that person had said what I said, what they said, and they didn't even know that I was offended. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend thee. But at that particular point, God, I, I got your law, but this offended me. And I'm driving down the road. And me and myself are having a conversation. And Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit, said, don't let that stronghold be erected. Come against it. Come against it. Don't start thinking like that. And so then out of my mouth, I started to say, God, I forgive them. God, I forgive what they say. Lord, you know what? I'm good. Lord, I, I, I'm forgiving them. God, you know, I, I, I pray for them. And I began to pray for them because I refused to let that stronghold of anger and bitterness and all of that get erected in my mind after God had did such a wonderful work on yesterday. And so if we don't do those things, those strongholds can get erected. You have to be vigilant. You have to be mindful of the tactics and the schemes of the enemy. A culture, y'all. He has a culture. He has a culture. So let's look at how do we tear them down. I like 2 Corinthians because it says the tools of our trade. See, the problem, the reason why we cannot tear down some of these strongholds is because we don't know the tools that we hold and that we possess. But the tools that God has given us are not for marketing and manipulation. In other words, God has given you some tools that you can't go out there and say, be, be healed. No. The tools, it's not for marketing, it's not for your gain, but it's for demolishing. See, the thing is, we have to demolish the strongholds. This entire massive culture, we got to get rid of it. And how do we get rid of it? One of the ways that we get rid of it is through prayer. Prayer 
Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons and the most powerful tool that God has given us. He has given us the ability to speak to him. A fool can't cry out to God. But we can speak in a human audible voice and speak to our father. And let him know how we feel. I was sitting there the other day, yesterday as a matter of fact, and an alert came across my phone. We have a, a doorbell camera. An alert came across my phone saying there's motion detected at your front door. And so when I looked at the vid- video, here it was with a little bird crawling up. <laughs> and if I could have pushed the little button and said, what are you doing? <laughs> I had the ability. All I had to do was push the talk button. On my phone and I could have spoke to the bird. And all you have to do is open your mouth and speak to God and tell him, hey God, what's going on here? You have the ability to pick up your phone, your spiritual phone and say, God, I'm frustrated right now. But I need for you to help me. But see, the problem is some of us never pick up the phone. We go weeks and days and months and never pick up the phone. And we waiting for something to happen in our life. But our tools, use your tools. You want to pull down these strongholds? You want to to grow in God? And that's the other thing. These strongholds will hinder you from growing spiritually. Anybody in here want to grow spiritually? Anybody in here hungry? It will sap your hunger. To where you will no longer be hungry for God. But God has given us the tool of prayer. Let's look at Ephesians 6 and 18. And I'm almost done. Y'all like, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Ephesians 6 and 18. And Brother Aris, you can go ahead and get on the keyboard, bro. You don't have to play, but huh? Ephesians 6 and 18. It says, in the same way. Prayer is what? Prayer is essential. It's essential to your growth. It's essential to what God wants to do in your life. Prayer is essential. But that is the last thing that we want to do is to pray. We want to pray, the now me lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. No, God wants some serious prayer out of you. I told Pastor Robert, there's not enough prayer going on up here in Open Altar Worship Center. And so Brother Thomas said something that was so profound last week when we had our new partners uh, 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 training. And I was, we had called prayer before and nobody would come or one person would come. And Brother Thomas said that, Brother Thomas, you say it out your own mouth. He can't, he can't remember. Come on, Brother Pastor Robert. If there's nothing to come to. If there's nothing to come to. And so I was like, okay, that convicted me. I don't care if don't nobody come. Jesus will be here. If I come and open up the doors and pray, guess what? Holy Spirit will meet me here. And he's more than anybody. See, we get caught up on people. We get caught up on who's there. We get caught up on who's in front of us. But God says, I'm always with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Pray. Talk to me. Let me know what's on your heart. 
And so it says that prayer is number one. Prayer is essential. And because it is so essential and the enemy has a target on you, he says to pray hard. It's an ongoing warfare. You cannot just sit here one time and feel like that 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 stronghold is going to be torn down. You got to keep attacking it with prayer. You got to keep coming up against it. You got to keep fighting those thoughts through prayer. Pulling down every stronghold through prayer. Pray hard and long. I know I've been praying for this a long time. I don't see nothing happening. God God said keep praying hard. Keep praying long. They ain't changed yet. Maybe God ain't trying to change them. Maybe he's trying to change you. You're waiting for them to change. And God said I'm waiting for you to change. This is real talk y'all. But not only that, you're not only praying long and hard, but you're praying for your brothers and your sisters. The Bible says that if you see your brother caught up in a fault, go to him. Pray with him. Work with him. They bothered you? Then all you have to do is lift them up in prayer and you ain't saying God. And I'm going to tell y'all, y'all let me tell you something. I had to learn. When I was, when I was a young baby saint, I said, Lord, <laughs> They had did something. I don't know what it was. Oh, I know what it was. I was trying to, pr- I was tr- praying for my loved ones to get saved. And I was like, Lord, put sickness on them so that y'all don't laugh at me, Paul. I, I didn't know no better. I said, Lord, do this. Lord, you know, pray. And I was praying all of this. God, get the, open their eyes so that they'll see you. But I was praying all of this on them. And, some, and I was telling, and I was so proud. I was like, yeah, I'm praying for my loved ones. And I pray this. And somebody said, no, 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 no. Don't pray that. Because you're praying. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. When you're praying like that, when you're praying, Lord, pray, you're praying something over them. You're praying, don't pray, don't, don't exercise any witchcraft. But you pray and you lift them up. Lord, I pray, you know, you do a great work in them. Pray something positive and encouraging over their life. Pray that they would be healed. Pray that, they, that, that, that God would do great and wondrous things in them. Pray for your brothers. But then not only that, you got to keep your eyes open. Through prayer, we're able to keep our eyes open. See, the problem is a lot of times because we're not praying, our human reasoning began to kick in. What if we start like me had a full blown conversation? That was my human reasoning. Why this person had said this? Why the, I didn't know. I didn't ask them why they had said it because I went off in my feelings. But my human reasoning began to kick in as to why they said it. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to get them because this is the why they, why they said it. Our human reasoning. But through prayer, we can conquer the human reasoning. Through prayer, God can come in and speak to us like he did me on yesterday. And say, no, 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 you're looking at it the wrong way. He can cause you to see things in a whole different light. When you begin to pray, when you get down here and your eyes will be open. I always a prayer that says, Lord, let the eyes of my understanding be opened. Help me to understand. Let my eyes be open. 
But then not only that, praying helps to, to keep each other's spirits up because you're praying for me. You're lifting me up in prayer. You're saying, God, you know, I, I, I need you to do a, do a work in Pastor Wendy. Like Sister Christy, even though she was fixing my clothes and she said, fix my faith, she was yet, I know what she was doing. She was praying over me. She was lifting me up. Lift up your brothers and sisters so that what? No one falls behind and drops out. See, a lot of times people are falling behind and dropping out and we never even notice it. I used to work for the military and I don't know why I did it, but I was a civilian. And I decided I was going to do six o'clock PT with them. Why? I'm not a runner. Yes, it was, Christy. I am not a runner. And much less, I don't want to go work out and then go to work. And that's what they were doing. They would run like a mile and a half. And, but it won't like just me running the way I want to and they running the way they want to. No, we run in formation. So I'm like, what? And so they would put me up at the front. They put me up at the front. And y'all know what happens. I'm slowing the rest of everybody coming around me. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, they're going to go ahead on. They're going to go. They're going to go. And I'm just going walk back to the, um, walk back to the building. And I'm good. See, the military folks shaking their head. No, 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 no. That's not what happens. That's not what happens. Let me, let me, Pastor Robert, come, come here a second. Um, um, uh, 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 come here, my brother. Come here, my brother. Yeah, you. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to show you what happens. I'm going to show you what happens. Stand right beside Pastor Robert. And Brother Tom, you know what I'm talking about. Come on here. I need y'all like this here, though. I need y'all like this. Information. Information. And so here I am. And I'm lagging behind like this. And what happens, Tom? Tell me what happens. No. No. Come on. Come on, huh? And guess what, hut? Because they behind me, they begin to push me to the front. They begin to push me and saying, come on, you can do it. Come on. And if I start lagging behind, they may get in front of me, get in front of me again. Get in front of me again. And I say, I can't do this thing. I'm, I'm broke. I'm tore up. I, can't, I just can't do it. I can't. Put your hand on my shoulder. And I'm like, I, whoo, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And before I know it, I'm running. I'm saying, y'all good. Y'all good. Before you know it, I'm getting back to the building. Yeah. 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 I, I ran with him. I ran with him. I ran with him. No one drops out. No one. No one gets left behind. No one. No one gets left behind. Ah, glory to God. Nobody's going to get left behind here in Open Altar Worship Center. Nobody's going to get left behind. Hey, I don't care what you're dealing with. No one is going to get left behind. Now I want to, that's, 
appropriately how we're going to deal with helping you to pull down these strongholds. But there are some things individually that you have to do to tear down these strongholds. And I'm going to go through these real quick. The first one is you have to identify it. Identify the stronghold that you're dealing with or strongholds. What is it? I can't tell you what you're dealing with. But through prayer, when you go to the Father and say, Father, expose me. Hey, Father, clean me up. Show me everything that's in me. Show me every wicked way that is in me, God. Show it to me. Identify it for me. And then when he starts showing you these things, write them down. When he starts showing you why you act the way you do, why you think the way you do, write it down. The next one is you got to face it. Get a mirror if you have to. Write it on the mirror. You got to face it. After you identify it, face it. Stop reasoning with it. Stop making excuses with it. Stop saying, allowing it to be. Face it. Stop saying, well, it's because of this person. No, it's because of you. falls on anybody it falls on you next one is number three you got to get fed up with it you got to get so fed up that it's wrecking your life you got to get so fed up with it that it is uh, deterring you from the destiny that God has for you you got to get so fed up of going through every time you turn around you're going through the same old thing you got to get fed up with it And let's look at Genesis 27 and 40. Genesis 27 and 40 says that, and you will live by the sword, by your sword, and you will serve your brothers. You will serve this stronghold if you continue to let it stay. You will live by it. Everything that you do will be because of this stronghold. But when you decide to break free, when you get fed up with it, When you say enough is enough, you will shake the yoke from your neck. You're going to shake it. Anybody ready to shake some things in here today? When you decide, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. Then you will break the yoke from your neck. And then number four, last, deal with it. Identify it, face it, get fed up with it, then deal with it. Stop trying to deal with other people, but deal with yourself. Deal with it. Mark 3 and 27 says, do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions? Unless you tie him up first. You are not going to get rid of these strongholds unless you deal with them. Tie them up. And then it says, once tie them up, 
if you don't tie him up, he's going to clean you out. He's going to clean you out of your peace. He's going to clean you out of your joy. He's going to clean you out of everything that you ever had. If you don't tie him up and deal with it. And then lastly, this is it. Those were four. And let's stand to our feet. Number one, identify it. Number two, face it. Number three, get fed up with it. And number four, deal with it. And this is the verse that I really like. When you deal with it, when you deal with that stronghold, that thing that's been holding you and having a stronghold on you, it says hunger is no excuse for a thief to steal. That stronghold has stolen from you long enough. That stronghold has stolen relationships from you. That stronghold has stolen your money. That stronghold has stolen your peace. That stronghold has stolen your joy. That stronghold has stolen your self-esteem. Because he was hungry. The Bible says that the, 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 the devil walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's hungry for you. But it says that hunger is no excuse for a thief to steal. But let's look at the next verse. But it says when he's caught. When you deal with that stronghold. That thief has to pay it back. Even if he has to put up all his whole house in hock. The enemy may have stolen from you. But I stand here today saying that you're going to receive double for your trouble if you would deal with the stronghold. I stand here today to say that your peace can come back if you deal with the stronghold. He's got to give it back. Whatever the enemy has stolen from you, when you deal with the stronghold, he's got to give it back. He's got to pay it back. Anybody ready for payback?